Locked On Podcast Network presents Paving the Way, a new series highlighting important voices across Locked On's network. Every month, our host, Kanani Stevens, will showcase other Locked On hosts who come from underserved communities to hear the challenges they face to become a sports broadcast personality. Who will be paving the way this episode? Find out now. This week on Paving the Way, we check in with Jay Stevens from Locked On Buckeyes. Like many of our hosts here, Jay feels he ended up with Locked On by a chance encounter, proving that you never know who is listening. Welcome in to this edition of Paving the Way. I'm Kainani Stevens, and we're joined by Jay Stevens. No relation, of course, but we do like to talk once in a while about sports um, from Locked On Buckeyes and Jay um, we like to talk, kind of talk to our hosts and learn a lot about them, where they came from, how they got into sports. But was sports something growing up where it was just kind of ingrained in everything for you? Or did you get into it later in life? It was everything growing up, Kanani. And this was a part of my life, I believe, three, maybe four years old. I started playing soccer and then got into baseball. Wasn't that good. Got into basketball. Wasn't that good. Played football in high school. Did that a little bit longer of a career. But even high school, that ended. But sports were everything. Grew up in Indiana and you're Hoosier. You love basketball. Reggie Miller, the Pacers, they were in their heyday during that time period. The Pacers-Knicks rivalry. I love that period. Got to go to the finals where the Pacers did. I did not in 2000. But that was that was it. Peyton Manning came to the Colts in 98. And so you had Reggie Miller with the Pacers. You had Peyton Manning with the Colts. And it was fun. Sports were a big part of my life. My dad played high school basketball in Fort Wayne. And so that was a big part of it as well. Got older, started going to a lot of high school events. But now sports were a big part of my life from when I was a kid. And that hasn't changed as I, as I have become an adult. How did that transition work for you, though? You know, you play sports as a kid, so that's always a little bit of involvement. And then as a fan, was that something where you were kind of into this broadcasting media thing originally? Or did you come get back into it later? Or what did that look like for you? So sports as an adult changed because I'm not playing as often. But when it came to sports broadcasting, and that was one where I had an itch even back to middle school and high school. I was that nerd guy that brought the sports page to school every single day. That was me. And so that that love for sports was the same throughout my life. But I had to find kind of figure out how am I going to go about trying to fulfill this passion and work with the passion that I have and so I didn't really get into broadcasting until five years ago. And it was one of those things where it was like, I know what I want to do. I know how to research the things to get like microphones and where to publish podcasts. But the day-to-day or week-to-week operation, that was all organic, taught myself. Things weren't really that great in the beginning. And it was one of those things where I said, hey, I have an itch in middle school, in high school, Kind of didn't didn't really pursue that shortly after high school and in my 20s. But once I figured out how I can go about doing this thing consistently, I found a way to do it. And I'm not going to stop. Is it something where, you know, when you were younger, did you watch some people and think that's something I really want to get into? Like who kind of inspired you as a kid? Absolutely. And I'm a big radio guy. And so, of course, Stuart Scott's the first person that comes into everybody's head that comes and watch SportsCenter in the 90s. Stuart Scott, Rich Eisen, Dan Patrick, those are guys that I watched on ESPN almost religiously. I remember being at my grandma's house in Fort Wayne and waking up early in the morning and or, or just even staying up late at night. ESPN's on the TV and you got those highlights and you wanted to see 
how they described what Michael Jordan did the night before. And it made me excited, happy to hear everything in the way they described it. But radio has really been my pa biggest passion of all sports mm -hmm. media and the outlets there. There was a guy in Indianapolis. He used to listen to Sports Talk Radio every day in the car with my dad. And as I got older, still same thing, listening to Sports Talk Radio. Mark Patrick. Mark Patrick on sports, MPOS. And he had the afternoon drive show in Indianapolis. And I remembered being in the car and listening to him on the radio and saying, I like what he is doing. I want to do that one day. And I don't know how, what he did in prep for the show, but he always found a way to connect with the audience, the people of the city, with things that were going on sports-wise, and he captivated the audience with his voice. No visual, just his voice as you're riding down the street, and that always worked for me, and I loved it. And he was one there. There's guys nowadays, JMV, always the local guys in Indianapolis. Uh, Greg Greg Straw does some filling stuff on the radio, but also broadcasting those play-by-play. -play. All these guys have found a way to make the local sports scene bigger for me by using their voice. And I was like, man, if they can do it, I can too. That's one of the cool things about radio is I feel like it doesn't matter what you look like. It's it's really just how you sound and you could be broadcasting from your basement or you could be at the game. And, and it's really just what you're able to bring to the table. How did you kind of learn that as it went along to not only kind of watch the people you like, but then become your own person? It was hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It was very, very hard to be somebody that didn't really, really like putting his voice out there in the public and to share his opinions on different things in sports. I might tell my dad or my brother or some of my boys some things that are going on or have debates at work. It's completely different when stuff's going over the Internet and everybody, not just now or when it was published, but for the rest of time, can be able to hear what you had to say. And so in the beginning, it was, let me just get three topics and let me ramble. That was literally it. Had no idea how to format, no idea how to edit any of that stuff. And then it became, what's going on throughout the week? What in the world is the biggest topic? And what are some angles and branches up from that topic that would be interesting on a show? And the formatting started to change. Um, really trying to figure out where my voice is. Then also interviewing as well. Being able to interview some really amazing athletes and broadcasters to tell their stories and have them tell their stories. It's really made me more open to realizing there may be more angles to the stories that are right in front of me than I think. So how about I stop, write things down in the moment, especially in an interview. If someone you're interviewing says something amazing, stop right there. Don't go any further and let them tell the story and let things happen organically. That's such good advice. I feel like a lot of people try to do interviews and they're like, I'm going to talk about this, this and that. And you're not listening to what the person is saying. And when you hear something, go a completely different direction. Um, that's not something people know right out of the gate. You know, you have to learn that as it goes along. Um, what are some other things that you learned or maybe some pieces of advice that you've gotten along the way that have helped you a lot? I am always one when it comes to providing advice for people. I see a lot of people on social media because that's people that, hey, I want to start a podcast or, hey, I want to go down this road and I want to start this new venture. Okay. People think you have to have this equipment or you have to have this software. You're going to have to have this type of computer. None of that is true. I could have literally started my entire podcast from my phone when I first started, my, I, but I didn't. I had a computer at the time. I didn't have a fancy microphone. I didn't have any of the things I have now that make the show what it is, sounding-wise and looks-wise. I just started. And I think people just need to start. 
even if you're recording things off of your phone, finding a free way to put your podcast out there, either video-wise on YouTube or doing it audio-only or both, there are so many free ways and things we have right in front of us daily to get things done. So if you're thinking, hey, I want to find a way to get in sports, sports casting or broadcasting or podcasting, whatever it is, there are so many free avenues and tools that you can use to help you go out there and pursue your passion. Always, I was not a big fan of YouTube previously. I, mm -hmm. I was not. Um, I would watch it. I didn't think I was going to be on it consistently. And here we are five days a week. My face and my mug and these glasses are right there on the YouTube. But I've realized that that avenue makes it so easy for people like myself to pursue and to allow our passion to be put out there for everyone to see. I will tell you this. I mentioned it earlier. I got a little nervous when I realized my voice is going to be out there in the public. Once I got over that, I mean, it's still there every now and then. Don't get me wrong. Like, I still get nerves about, hey, is this the right way to go about this angle? Sometimes I overthink things, but I'm still going out there and simply doing it. So my best advice I got, just do it. Talk to people you know watch YouTube videos, and figure out, hey, how can I go about doing my passion, pursuing my passion with what I currently have? When you figure that out, just do it. Jay, I know you've been in this for a minute, but how did kind of Locked On come into this for you? And how did you end up with Locked On Buckeyes exactly? So this goes back to 2020, the fun, not fun year of COVID when their sports were <laughs> shut down. And all of a sudden, I am trying to figure out how do I run the Jay Stevens podcast once, maybe twice a week when there are no sports. Luckily, we had the last dance and the NFL draft, NBA draft, all those things that kind of helped us get through that dull period in the sports calendar in that year. Well, I was actually on a mock draft with, I think it was MTMV Sports, Ross Jackson, who hosts Locked On Saints, was actually on that. And Ross was someone that I had never met before, didn't do any shows with before. But I was like, oh, he's good. He knows what he's doing. I've heard of Locked On, but I didn't know exactly what the company stood for, the shows, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden that summer, I had Miss Grace Rayner on my personal podcast, the Jay Stevens podcast. She was covering Clemson at the time, I think for The Athletic. And we did 45, 50-minute interview, just kind of previewing the Clemson Tiger season. I think at that time, we, did, we knew the ACC was going to have a season, so it made sense to go ahead and preview Clemson at that point in time. And then later on that summer, I ended up um, doing something for full press coverage, and I believe that the Big Ten said, hey, we're going to have a season. Next thing I know, I get a message from Ross saying, hey, man, I got an opportunity for you. Uh, we want to talk about this. And I was like, okay, cool. And then it was like, hey, you got a Buckeyes show. You're a Buckeyes fan. You want to host a daily podcast covering Ohio State. That may not be the exact wording of the conversation, but that's basically the gist of it. I said, sure. Yeah, I love Ohio State. Uh, I had never really covered a college football team ever in my life. But I said, sure, absolutely. I'll do it. And the next thing you know, here we are back at now in 2023. That conversation with someone that I, I didn't really know at all because of an interview that I had with a writer that caught his attention, passed it on to the right people in the company. Here we are today. and so. Lockdown has really been amazing for me, going from a guy that didn't really want to cover. I really had no passion, desire at all to cover a team until I got, hey, the Colts. I like the Colts. I'll watch their games. I'll do that. And even that podcast, that full press Colts podcast, I was cool at it. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't the best thing I'd ever done. But then all of a sudden, Lockdown Buckeyes is five days a week. So you're forcing yourself via repetition to – Get out of your own comfort zone. Analyze things in a deeper way. 
provide deeper coverage. And I quickly found out that Ohio State fans are as passionate as I am, and even more so maybe because if you say the wrong word, not just the wrong phrase, if you say the <laughs> wrong word, they're trying to come down your throat. And so I, that opportunity by Ross was phenomenal. It's amazing. I actually kind of forgot about that interaction in 2020 and how the sequence of events between Ross didn't know him. He was on a show with me, Grace Rayner, just doing something I'd love to do. And then all of a sudden, Ross is like, hey, this guy's good. He did this. How about we try to get him to use his passion here for the network? It's crazy. It's crazy to think about how this journey has been with Locked On from 2020 until now. Jay, you talked a little bit about how you kind of came to Locked On and how that came to be. But what's some advice maybe you have about kind of putting your product out there, but not always knowing who's listening to it, right? So always putting your best product forward. So let's go back to 2020, kind of hit it on the way that I got to Locked On and Ross Jackson, that interaction, having Grace Rayner on the Jay Stevens podcast and not really realizing what may happen a few months later via a conversation that, that I had with Ross later on in that fall. You don't know who's listening. And even at that point in time, I knew people were listening. I knew that my dad occasionally, mom occasionally, people I know were watch, were listening or maybe watching uh, some of the stuff that I was doing. But I didn't know. I had no idea that Ross Jackson had the connections that he had. I just knew that, hey, Locked On is a company. That's literally all I knew. I knew they had shows for different teams. But me, honestly, honestly I think me not knowing at that time that nobody was listening or not thinking about people not listening would have was kind of a blessing in disguise because I'm, I'm literally at this time I had um, a former NFL football player on the show or not NFL. Uh, I had a cup of coffee in the NFL. I believe he played at Notre Dame, had won a national championship there. And so I had him on the show and had, had people like Ian Eagle and Greg Regstraw and people that were big time locally in Regstraw nationally and Ian Eagle on the show not even thinking about who's possibly listening or possibly watching. What motivated me was simply doing the best job I could. And I know that in the first few minutes of any interview, any conversation, you have a small window of time to capture the person's attention you're talking to. Yeah, they may pick up later on. They may stay with you for an hour. But you have a short window to be like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing or this girl knows what they're talking about. So I'm going to pay attention and to make them really, really comfortable. And so that with Grace Rayner, I noticed early on, yeah, she's comfortable with me. And I didn't, I don't, didn't have any training. I didn't know exactly how to conduct a season preview for a college fo football team. We, you really don't know who they're going to play in the upcoming season. But it was, hey, do your best. Get out of your comfort zone. Figure it out. Do your homework prior to hitting record. So make sure you're prepared as long as you're prepared and you're ready to be on the fly a little bit, but also be comfortable adjusting on the fly. That's what I was looking for. As long as you're comfortable adjusting on the fly, it's going to make everything easy. You may think you're comfortable, but when that person says a word that sparks a thought, you got to continue to run with it. But back in 2020, I didn't really think somebody was watching or listening at all. I really, I mean, I knew people were, but that didn't cross my mind. What motivated me was to make sure I was prepared for what's to come in that conversation with uh, Flash Gordon or Grace Rayner or whoever it may be. Grace Rayner was the one that helped me get to Locked On. She didn't even realize it, I think, at the time that a few months later I got here. But that conversation, the energy that I have, I mean, I think it's come through with this interview so far, the 
way that I can deliver things, the way that I can I can connect with people instantly. All of that came through with that interview. People were watching. People were paying attention. And here I am. You talk a lot about, you know, starting up, not really knowing what Locked On was and then what it's become. It's five days a week, right? So these fans are intense in a good way. Um, but to see them following along with you, right, and hearing your opinion and kind of talking back with you, is it kind of cool to see that not necessarily have a fan base, but like it's like they're kind of listening along with you and, and learning with you? It's so cool. It's one of the coolest experiences I've had over the past few years. It's one of the odd things to where I, I have my notebook here literally sitting next to me writing down notes for my next show. And I know there are going to be people that have thoughts. I don't really care what they have to say. Just put it out there. I know they're going to have thoughts about, hey, the running backs at Ohio State, what type of system should they use, who should start, who should not start, and also things going on with college football. It's very cool to know that somebody listening – Somebody watching could be in Ohio, in Columbus. It could be in Los Angeles, California, could be overseas in Germany. It doesn't matter. It's really cool that this show has the ability to reach so many people, has the ability to impact so many college football fans, even in the cold months of winter, that they're coming in saying, hey, give me my Buckeye fix for the day. Give me what I want to know about this team. Give me a thought that sparks an interest in my head, and I might disagree with you, but just simply you doing that gives me what I need to help me get through the day because sports are that. They're an escape for so many people to simply allow us to get past so many abnormal things in life. May it be sicknesses, uh, may it be things with your job or things at home, whatever it may be. And you go to sports for that escape. In the evening, any people get off work and they're sitting around trying to watch sports to provide some escape. Well, I want Locked on Buckeyes to be that for people, an escape from the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of life, and also do it with an Ohio State spin on things. I love it. And yes, it is cool that people come back every day to hear what Jay had to say about the Ohio State Buckeyes. Jay, we talked a little bit about, you know, advice you would give to people trying to get into this and, you know, just really getting your name out there, starting whatever avenue that might be just to try something new. Is there any time along the journey that things got a little tough for you and you're like, I don't know about this anymore? Like, what did you do to get through that maybe? Um, and and what kept you going? So <laughs> there's numerous areas because people don't really know this about me when I first became the host of Locked on Buck Guys. I think I was going through a job change at that time. So I am going through a job change due to some financial things that were said at one point in a job that were not actually true. And so I, I got locked on. I really just was looking for something else to get some money coming in, honestly. And so the money was there. And I was like, like okay, cool. Like, we got this going on. Ross has helped me out. And then 2022, we're going to fast forward. So that's just the beginning of the journey of locked on was a job change had never done daily shows at all. So it's adjusting my work schedule to this new work schedule. All those things go in. 2022, I'm now married. 2022, I met my wife on a dating app. And so my job situation, I am on Hinge trying to find someone. Just, that was the app, y'all. I'm not going to hide it. We were, we were on Hinge, uh, Hinge and matched on there. And so I got locked on. I have my other job. And then I'm trying to integrate a relationship into all of the things here. And I am I think I do a decent job at time management and handling different projects that I'm doing. My wife lived an hour, well, dating at the time, but she lived an hour away. And so we're 
FaceTiming and trying to figure out my work schedule and her work schedule, how we're going to see each other each week. That was a whole teamwork between us two to try to figure out how can we talk? How can how can you get your job done? How can you get your other job done? And how can we figure the figure us out in the same time? And so from the beginning journey with Locked On of just new job and new everything to trying to figure out how to make the jobs work, but also still pursue the woman that I ended up marrying, that was that was a journey. And it's not one I normally think about or really even talk about the people, but that was a journey that caused me to really be better at managing my own personal time, but also trying to capture every second with my wife and capture seconds with the show and just try to make sure that there's not a lot of wasted time because you can waste time easily. I mean, talk about watching sports in the evening. I can sit down, look at the TV, game's on. Oh, I don't (laughs) forget about everything. It's so easy to just lose track of what's important in our lives. And uh, it was just one of those things that, hey, you just had to adjust, just have to adapt to what's right here and and locked on and providing the proper coverage for Ohio State fans. Because if you don't do that, trust me, they will let you know that the analysis you're providing is wrong and you need to change the way you're delivering this show. I have no doubt that they definitely tell you when you get something (laughs) wrong. Um, But that's a cool perspective because, I mean, a lot of people think about this. If you get so engrossed in your work and you ignore other things in your life, things aren't going to go the way you want to go. And kind of rolling with that change, that's a that's a good good thing to share. And I think people get a lot of good advice from that. But um, moving forward with Locked on Buckeyes, what's maybe something you haven't done yet or something you're looking forward to or how you might want to grow things? Get more athletes on. Get more athletes and coaches at Ohio State on the show. I had the privilege. I think it was a couple of years ago, had a former Ohio State hockey player who was then at the NHL. Well, at the time, the show was in the NHL. And he did a YouTube show with Rob Riggle, the comedian. And he was like, he just talked about golf and their passion and how funny he is. And I was like, oh, great. This is cool. So it wasn't so much about his own playing career. We definitely touched on that and him being a captain at Ohio State. But also something else that he was doing currently that was different than him playing hockey every single day. Had Bobby Carpenter on the show, I believe a few years ago. Had the voice of the Buckeyes, um, Paul Keels on the show. But I would love to get just more Ohio State players and coaches on the show. Because hearing me is great. We watch the players. We see the coaches coach. How about allowing them on this space to tell their stories, to give us a little bit of a deeper insight into the things that we watch regularly. Ohio State right now, currently on the basketball side of things, just fired their coach, is working with an interim head coach. There's so many different angles there that we, not being in the locker room, don't personally know. But how about we get a player that's currently on the team at some point in time to say, hey, give me eight minutes. That's that's it. Just eight minutes on what's going on currently. How did this firing impact you how does Jake Diebler now being there how are you benefited what is he doing currently to keep the morale up because anytime you lose a coach in the middle of the season morale can change his transfer portal in college football college sports in general is is one that hey if a coach is gone you can leave immediately so there's so many different things that are there but just really trying to not make it so much my voice but more so people that are actually there on campus that are wearing the scarlet and gray, allowing them to come on the show and tell their stories and give us a deeper insight to what's going on at the Ohio State University.
You can catch Jay Stevens Unlocked on Buckeyes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you want to check out more episodes of Paving the Way, you can subscribe to Locked on Sports today on YouTube and see how our hosts here are paving the way.